Psalm 148. Praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him all. Everybody say all. His angels. Praise ye him all. Everybody say all. His host. Praise ye him sun and moon. Praise him all ye stars of light. Praise him ye heavens of heavens. And ye waters that are be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. Turn to your neighbor and say forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, say all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for His name alone. Everybody say alone. Is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto Him. Praise ye the Lord. I want to teach or preach on the subject, praise ye him, all his host. We'll keep it simple. Praise ye him, all his host. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down, ask the Lord to help us. Father, I take divine dominion and authority over every demonic spirit, every principality, every power, Every ruler of the darkness of this world, every spiritual wickedness in high places within the spiritual jurisdiction that's here in this house, I bind them and curse them by the authority of the Word of God and by the authority and power of the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we loose the goods and the souls of their house to come into the kingdom of God by the authority of your precious Word and again by the power of your holy name, Lord Jesus. Father, anoint our minds and our hearts and our spirits to receive your holy word. Let your holy word fall on good ground and let it take root and let it bear fruit worthy of you, Lord. Let a spirit of revelation and understanding and insight and foresight be multiplied upon each and every one of us, Lord. And speak to us, God. Anoint my mind and give me clarity. Loose my tongue and cause me to speak as your oracle and your mouthpiece. Only allow me to say what you want me to say, Father. And I'll be quick to give you all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one time. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated in the fear of God. Since I was a child, and that's been some time ago, Brother Bushnell, I was looking at my Bible up here, and I had to pull it back, and I thought, oh, I'm 42, it's begun, it's begun. I I couldn't see it without pulling it back a little bit, but since I was a child, been very, very blessed to be fourth generation, Pentecostal on one side, fifth on the other, 
and been raised around the church. Father was a pastor in Houston my first four years of living before the Lord desired to take my daddy home for his reward early. But uh, raised in a pastor's home those first four or five years. Been around the house of God most of my life. And one thing you will always hear in every service, every camp meeting, every Wednesday night Bible study, you will hear something about worship or something about praise. It is something that we as apostolic Pentecostals are very aware of and very familiar with. Uh, I was raised in a church where there were multiple altar calls before the preaching. I was raised in a church where Brother Kilgore pushed worship and praise. It was something that was a part of our DNA. It was something that we did. It was not something he had to push for as much uh, after it got broken into the church. But he just would have to get up and sing a song or say, let's worship the Lord. And many times people would be coming to the altar and uh, visitors would come and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They'd be baptized in the middle of service. They would be healed and delivered. Just tremendous, tremendous worship and praise. There were times that I can remember being in the youth choir as a young man at 16 years old and we would have to uh, get there at least by 5 o'clock because church started at 6.30 and pastor wanted us practicing for 30 minutes and then he wanted us in the prayer room for an hour before church. Amen. And uh, so I would have to go home after church. Of course, at 16, I didn't really take naps in the afternoon. Now I do. But I did not at 16. I just was, had all this energy and I was fine. Uh, of course, I wasn't pastoring at 16 either. Amen. But um, I would be up a whole afternoon and just, you know, keep myself busy till right around 5.30. I'd be on my way to the house of God. We would start to <clears throat> prepare for the song service that night. They'd turn the lights off and uh, we had those big robes. I remember those big choir robes that were so hot in the hum- summertime, but it was, you know, it was all uniformity. And we'd be praying for the Bushnell, every one of us at the altar. There was a little prayer room that Brother Kilgore had built for the choir, and it would seat about 200 people. And uh, we had a pretty large church. I was very blessed. We had about 1,800 people in our church when I was a kid, and a huge building, very full. And we would all be packed in there, and it would start to, you know, tremble a little bit. You'd start, you know, Lord, I love you, and God, I praise you, and I worship you. And then somebody would start speaking in tongues over here, and somebody would start speaking in tongues over there. And before you knew it, there were three or four taking each other by the hand, and they were beginning to get a little bit more fervent in their praise and in their worship. And then there'd be a few that'd start dancing and then invariably there was uh, that one or two individuals that would let out a scream. I know it's not politically correct to say this now, but they sounded almost like a Comanche Indian just, you know, scream out. And uh, at 16, it became very normal for me to hear that. The sounds of praise, the sounds of worship, the sounds of prayer, the sounds of intercessory prayer and travail. And before long, Brother Bushnell All 150 of us young people were in that same vein and there was a spirit of unity and I feel my help coming now, a spirit of unity that would come into that room and the power of God would be so heavy that we would spill out of that particular prayer room and it was on the side where the tabernacle was, it would have been... Uh, on this side where the tabernacle was where the pulpit and there was a door right there 
And we would come out of that door spilling out and some of the ladies would be twirling and spinning and the bobby pins and church hadn't even started yet. Church hadn't started yet. And the young men were speaking in tongues and they were, we call it huckabucking across the front and about that time the elders that were already praying because Brother Kilgore was big on we're going to pray, we'll talk later but we're going to pray before church. We're going to set the atmosphere for what the Holy Ghost wants to do. And so the elders would get involved. And before the first string was strung, before the first note on the piano was played, the power of God was already uh, there. It was already manifest in the building. And it would start spilling out from this side, and then from this side, and people would start coming to the altar. There were many times we started church late because we were praying through in that altar area. We were praying new people through. We were shouting. We were dancing. It was a part of our DNA. It was a part of what we were raised to do. It was a part of what we were taught by the man of God and the Word of God. And so it became normal. Normal. And many times there was a certain song. I don't hear it preached uh, too much. I know Sister Mickey Mangan sang it at uh, Bill Clinton's inaugural address back in 1992, and it was Lift Up Holy Hands. Everybody remember that song? I'm going to lift up holy hands. If we sang that song at Life Tabernacle, there was no preaching. Maybe once or twice, Brother Benoit, the Brother Kilgore would sit us down and make us go back, and we'd crawl back to our altar, and he'd preach to us. But there was something about that song, because whether you realize it or not, there are certain songs that God likes. And you can attract him. I'm getting off my message here. But you can actually attract him into a situation. That you may have a difficult time getting him there. But if you sing the right song. Or if you pray the right prayer. And I know people say well God will just respond. No, no. There's some things God likes. There are things that are attractive to him. And you just can't come willy nilly before the presence of God. He said you come and you enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So you don't walk any old way into the presence of God. You don't come to the house of God the way you want to come to the house of God. No, we enter in with thanksgiving and then we go into the courts with praise. There's something that has to be made manifest. There's a physical reaction that takes place, a hunger in the heart of a man or a woman that will pull and tug at the heart of God. I have learned if I can be, if I'm in a situation where I need an answer, if I can get to the house of God in my office or I can lock myself in the sanctuary or a room or a closet in my house, if I've got some privacy, if I can put on some worship music, there's something about getting into a presence of worship and a spirit of worship that draws Him. And if I can begin to activate the glory of God to manifest in my worship and in my praise, then God will begin to speak and answers will begin to come. But so many times, I'm way off my message, I'm not even getting there just yet. So many times, we come and we just pray and we come the wrong way. You don't enter into His gates with thanksgiving. You're not coming into His courts with praise. And again, I go back to it. There's a protocol. There's an order. There's a reason that David was called a man after God's own heart. And yet he is the only king in all of history that took off his kingly garment and put on the garment of a priest and stood in front of the glory of God or the ark of God and danced foolishly. 
But God said, I like that. His wife called him a fool, but God called him something else. And because there was a man like that that was willing to worship and to praise, he said, we're not going to just bring the glory of God into Jerusalem any old way. There's a particular order on how we're going to bring the glory into the house and into the city. And he said, we've got to go with dancing. We've got to go with shouting. We've got to go with praise. We've got to have open hearts and open spirits and open minds. We can't just have church as usual. You can't just be flippant with the glory of God. You can't just come in and say, well, it's another service. We'll just get through it and go home. There's something hovering in this house and it's the glory of Almighty God and He wants to be entertained. He wants to be entertained. I preached a message years ago. I think I preached it here on the lost art of worship. Talked about Lucifer. Talked about Michael and Gabriel, the different archangels and the functionality of worship. When Jesus said in Luke 19, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Brother Bushnell, he didn't say, I came to seek and to save those. It preaches good at camp meeting, but he's not just talking about souls. He said, I lost something in heaven. I lost something when Lucifer fell. And I lost that worship. I came for worship. Yes, I came for lost humanity. Yes, I came to redeem all of humanity. But I lost something. He didn't just say them. Them is us. That is an object. It's something else. He said, I lost something up there. And I'm going to take what Satan took or Lucifer stole from heaven. And I'm going to put it in the church. That is why when he came through Jerusalem and they said, Hosanna, you know, praise the Lord and the highest for the king of the Jews and the king of all of this and the Pharisees and the Sadducees got so angry at that he was performing miracle after miracle after miracle and yet they were not concerned about the miraculous power of Jesus Christ but they went to him and said hearest not thou what they say they are calling you the king of the Jews they are worshiping you and his reply was if they don't cry out these stones and rocks are going to cry out over here in other words somebody's going to worship me somebody's going to praise me if you won't do it the rocks will do it the objects will do it the heavens will do it the mountains will do it the rams will skip like that they'll they'll worship me if you won't do it but see there was something in the heart of that enemy that said I don't care about the miracles it's all this worship Want to get your enemy stirred? Yes, have miracle signs and wonders. But you let there be such a spirit of praise and worship in the house that he can't be invited. Worship drives your enemy out and pulls your God in. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. That word inhabit means to enthrone oneself. In other words, he says, I'm going to put my throne in the middle of praise. And where there's a throne, there's a king. And where there's a king, where the word of a king is, there is power. You want an answer? Praise. Worship. Invite him into that particular place. I want to go through the seven Hebrew words for praise. Is this all right? I'm trying to hurry. It's 746. I'm trying to hurry. 
There are seven. I've actually never really gone through all of these before in a message. This is my first time to really kind of break some of it down. And I, I will not finish. Turn to your neighbor and say, Brother Haygood will not finish this message tonight. Because he'd like to be invited back. And if I get you out of here at 10, Brother Benoit will be like, Well, I would love to have you. But you know, that was just too long. He'll hear about that one, amen. He's going to call me after, sir. Were you mocking me? No. Would never do that to my friend. I'll get a phone call. I want to be invited back, so I'm not going to keep you that late. But there is a Hebrew word. Not all of the words when you see the word praise or blessing or thanksgiving, they all are Hebrew words for praise, all of them. But they all mean something different. It's a different posture. It's a different type of praise. And there is protocol put in here for that particular purpose. Hallel is the first one that I'll talk about for just a few minutes. It is the primary root word for praise. Our word hallelujah comes from this base word. It means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to show, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. One translation says... To act like a madman. Do y'all know that's in there? Hallel. To worship God in the version of Hallel means you have to be loud. You have to be, it says to shine. You ever heard somebody say, well, they just want everybody to watch them? Well, and that's fine. There may be a few. I've met a few that everybody just, they wanted everybody to watch them worship. But there are the majority. There's purity there. They're, they're after something. And they don't care what everybody else thinks. People that worship in Hallel don't care about their neighbor. They're not paying attention to the time. They're not paying attention to what's going on in Washington. They're not paying attention to what's going on over in China. They're focused. Someone that's moved into Hallel cannot be broken out of that easily. They've lost time, the sense of time, the sense of, you know, carefulness. It says of David that when he was worshiping like that, Brother Benoit, it was Hallel. That's why his wife said, you look like a foolish man. And he said, but you, of course it is. It's Hallel. It means to be foolish. If your praise is prop and prim and then you belong in London somewhere with the Queen of England where it's just you can't really shout or dance because it's not proper prim you know or whatever but see since David was actual royalty he showed everybody what kings should do because he made the statement within his heart Brother Bushnelli said, whenever the Lord is present, there's not enough room for two kings. I can't be a king when he's around because he's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. And so when he is, his glory is present, I have to be a priest because I'm going to worship and minister to him. I'm not going to compete with him. Other kings competed with him and lost David never competed with God. He said, you're the only one. 
and I will not compete with you. And I will worship you in Hallel. I will lose my whole mind. The Bible says of Michael when she called him that, it says, he said, I will, you watch me, I'm going to be even more vile than this. And according to the word of God, she never had a child with David. It didn't say that God shut up her womb. He just said, I refuse to let the house of David make seed with the house of Saul. Because you have mocked what God calls precious. You mocked Hallel. And therefore, I don't want my DNA mixed with a spirit of mockery. And so you can just have no children from me. God did not shut up her womb. David did. Not going to mock me. She was the only one that mocked him. He had several wives. She's the only one that mocked him. Because she was of her daddy who never worshipped. She was of Saul who wouldn't wait on Samuel and tried to step into the office of a priest and lost his kingdom. Because he was so worried about the people, he didn't care about God. And David was so worried about God, he didn't care about the people. He lost his interest in what people thought and lost his identity to gain that place of praise with God Almighty, God Himself. Hallel. Primary word. There's several scriptures. Psalms 113 and 1. Praise or hallel ye the Lord. Praise hallel or you servants of the Lord. Praise hallel the name of the Lord. Psalm 150 and 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. That's all hallel. Psalm 149 and 3 says, Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises with the timbrel and the harp. That is all hallel. He said, you have to get physical worship in that way. You can't just worship any old way. When you get into hallel, you get into something. Now, I want to say this. I was going to wait till the end, but I'm going to say it now. Do you know... That if you read what the Jews call the great Hallel, you'll go through Psalms 115 or 116, oh, no it's 114 I believe, through Psalms 118 is referred to as the great Hallel as well as the entire book of the Psalms uh, chapter 136, the entire chapter deals with the great Hallel. And do you know what it says in there? It talks about <coughs> earthquakes and the earth being built, broke up and Shaking, God shaking the earth and shaking the heavens and shaking everything. It has to do with earthquakes. Do you know in the New Testament when Paul and Silas are in prison, the Bible says they begin to sing praises unto God. Go look up the word. It correlates to the word Hallel. And when they were singing praises unto God, they moved into Hallel praise, which was loud, it was boisterous, it was foolish, it was like madmen. They were locked up in stocks, they should have been depressed, but they began to sing old hymns until they broke into Hallel. And when they did, what happened? There was an earthquake. Why was there an earthquake? Go read it in the book of Psalms. The great Hallel talks about the earth shaking. And so they prayed it into existence until the earth literally began to respond to Hallel. And the thing about Hallel, Brother Bushnell, is it has the unique ability to deliver everybody around you. Because their bonds were not the only ones broken. 
But the Bible says because of the earthquake, because of their praise in Hallel, it busted up the prison and it knocked off the shackles of all the other prisoners to where they were afraid to leave. Even the enemy who were the soldiers were scared for their life. And Paul said, be of good cheer. We haven't left. We're still here. But it delivered everybody in the prison, which means they weren't even believers. So your worship, if you move into Hallel, can get an unbelieving person delivered. It causes earthquakes in the spirit and in the natural. That's New Testament. That's not a spiritual principle only by type and shadow. Their situation was in the book of Acts. It's a New Testament principle. You can move into a dimension. You will affect the weather. Brother Haygood, I don't know if I believe that. Ask Elijah. It will not rain until I say so. That's pretty arrogant. He didn't say God. He said it my word. When I say so, it'll rain. We'd have killed him in the UPC. Amen. We'd have just shot him first service. We'd like... Arrogant. He wouldn't have made it. There'd have been no rapture for him. Amen. But he was so confident in his walk with God that he said, No, no, no. I've prayed about this. God said, When you tell me, I'll let it rain. Is it possible you can get into a place with God that God comes to you and says, What do you think about this? Well, he did it to Abraham. Hey, I'm coming to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. What do you think about this? I can't hide it from you. We're in covenant relationships. So, If you can intercede, if you get it down, if he would have just got it down to one. And I preached this here a few weeks ago. Do you know why he stopped at ten? Because there were ten members of Lot's family. And Abraham thought, for sure, my nephew has got his family saved. But Abraham was not aware that Lot was the only one righteous. Only one. But if he would have kept going down to one, God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham stopped because, see, Lot had daughters that were already married because he had son-in-laws. And you don't get son-in-laws for free. You got to give something for a son-in-law. Amen. And so they had, he had son-in-laws. So he had two daughters, two other daughters. He had sons. There was ten in his family at least, not even counting the the grandchildren, and he couldn't get them saved. They thought he was mocking as he was just, and he lost his authority with his family. Praise God. Halal. Halal. It is that first dimension where you can shake things loose, but you have to become loud and boisterous. And you can't say that's not my personality. I'm going to be stuck right here. I've heard people say, well, it's just not my temperament. You know, I'm not a loud person. Well, that's, that's not true at all. The, the Bible doesn't say, give praise all you people unless you're a melancholic. Then you don't have to praise God. Well, I'm, I'm more of a phlegmatic, Brother Haygood. I, you know, I'm real easy going. I don't talk much. Uh, you know, my wife does all the talking. She's more sanguine. She's more outgoing. I'm just kind of quiet. That's fine in marriage. It's not fine with God. Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to say, Lord, I'm a phlegmatic, so I just never praised you. I didn't raise my hands or nothing. I paid my tithe. Woo. 
get the truck started. I'm going to have to jump out the window here in a minute. You know, there was a scripture that leapt out at me, Brother Bushnell, on my way over here. I went and looked it up. It said, the only people that don't praise the Lord, there's only one group of people. They're called the dead. The dead praise not the Lord. Everything that has breath, praise ye. If you're breathing, your personality doesn't matter to God. But Brother Haygood, I've been hurt. That's fine. You should be praising more. But I've been devastated. That's fine. Your praise ought to be a little bit hotter than everybody else's because you've got more to praise because you have survived more. You have been brought through more. God's mercy has been extended to you. God's grace has been multiplied to you. You ought to be the first one in the altar, the last one to leave. You can't say that. Well, I've been hurt. If you've been hurt, that gives you more of an opportunity to praise because that means you've been rejected by humanity but accepted by heaven. The dead don't praise the Lord. They're the only ones. So I've been to churches where nobody moved. I've been to places where nobody moved. And they just said, we're not going to move. We're, you know, <laughs> twice dead and plucked up by the roots, as Brother Tenney used to say. Amen. And uh, anyway, what was his favorite scripture? I shall not, I shall not be moved. I'm trying to remember. It took me a minute. Only, only Brother Tenney had a perfect memory. I'm praying for that memory in Jesus' name. He never forgot anything. But... I've been to places, Brother Benoit, where you had to beg people. But there was no revival either. No new people coming in. No backsliders really coming in. You know, you had a little flurry of miracles here and there. A little flurry here and there. A little bit of a move of God one Sunday, and then six months later we'll have it again. That's not apostolic church. It's somebody else's kind of church. I'm not going to say any names, but it's not. It's not our ancestors. It's not our ancestors. Brother Haygood, why are you preaching on this? I'm going to get to it. The next one is Yada, which is Y-A-D-A-H. Yada, it's actually fun to say. And it makes you sound really smart too. Yada. (laughs) But um, it means to extend the hand. To throw out the hand, therefore to worship with an extended hand, to lift up hands unto the Lord, to bemoan or the wringing of the hands. In other words, it is a praise of repentance. One translation says it's the extension of the right hand, which according to the scripture, the right hand would be that of authority and power, but it also represents covenant relationship with God. And only somebody in covenant with God can extend that hand. And covenant comes through Jesus' name, baptism. So if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you extend that hand, God doesn't recognize it. You're going to have to come through another avenue. You're going to have to come through another avenue of praise because He will not recognize that because you're extending a hand that has no covenant relationship. So if you've been baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we have water, I'm sure, back here. We can get you baptized in Jesus' name so that when you go to the Lord, you can say, Yada. You've been moaned. It's the wringing of the hands. It's a prayer or a praise of repentance. It's of anguish of the heart. It's where you literally break in the presence of God. You extend the hand of mercy and authority 
and of covenant. Second Chronicles chapter 20, 21 says, Give thanks, or yada, to the Lord, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 63 and 1, So I will bless thee as long as I live. I will, yada, lift up my hands in thy Going back to covenant. Psalm 107 and 15. Oh, that men would praise or yada the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You cannot worship God or praise God in yada without covenant relationship, without extending the right hand in repentance, in brokenness, in bemoaning, in the wringing of the hands. There's something about the weeping. Whenever you see that precious little saint, of God that's having a hard time and they lift that one right hand and that's all they can do and they shake that hand there's yada there's something that moves into the house of God something that manifests because it's a praise of repentance it's a praise of the wringing of hands saying father I need your loving kindness yada yada I need that. I need that. Number three is Toda. T O H D A H. Toda comes from the same principle root as Yada, but it is more specific. It literally means the extension of the same right hand, but it's in adoration or it's in acceptance. It is apparent in the book of Psalms and elsewhere that it is used for thanking God for things not received yet. It is an extension of Yada, but it's an even greater extension because it's more of adoration to the Lord. It's the same right hand, but it's adoration and acceptance saying, I haven't seen the miracle yet. But I stretch forth my hand in Todah in acceptance of your timing and your will and your purpose. I can't see it with these natural eyes. You told me my daughter was going to be saved. You told me my son was coming back. You told me you were going to break the back of finances. You told me we were going to have revival. You told me backsliders were coming home. You told me this was going to happen and that was going to happen. So, ta-da! Ta-da! I receive it before I get it. I think we ought to lift that right hand right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in here. There's somebody that needs to have an outstretched hand of Tada that says, Lord, I don't see it yet. I haven't received it yet, but I know it's coming because you are not a man that is slack in his promises. You're not a man that you should lie nor the son of man that you should repent. If you told me it was going to happen, whether it takes five minutes or 50 years, Tada! 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 It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Brother Hagel, what are you trying to say? Every day, lift the hand. Every day, take that right hand. Some of you are going to start changing the way you praise. You'll find yourself stretching forth that hand a little bit further. Tada! Tada! It's adoration. It's worship. It's acceptance. I don't see it, but I know it's coming. I gotta hurry. 
Number four is Shabbat, which means to shout or to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Psalms 47 and 1 says this, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout, or Shabbat, to God with a voice of triumph or joy. It is his way of saying this particular act of praise is not silent. It is not in a corner. It's in the middle of the congregation. You can't just shabak by yourself. Yes, you can get into a dimension of it. But Brother Benoit, it was meant to be in the unity of the congregation. That's why he said, lift your voice with a shout unto God. It's a shabak. It's worship and praise where the whole sanctuary the whole family of God gets a hold of it's not just one person but it's the family speaking in unity Shabbat shout unto the Lord Psalm 145 and 4 one generation shall praise or Shabbat thy works to another and declare Thy mighty acts. It is a command of authority. It's more than just a praise of brokenness. Or even acting clamorously or like a madman. It is an act of spiritual authority. When you begin to move into Shabbat. You are commanding the spirit realm to move. You are not asking for the angels to function. You are not asking for the devils to get out of your way. There is a command that flows through you by the rivers of the Holy Ghost flowing through your system and through your body and your temple that it comes out of your innermost being saying, Shabbat! And there's a disruption in the spirit realm where devils back up and angels show up and God loves it all. It's an act of command. Like a general in an army. Shabbat! Isaiah 12 and 6 says to cry aloud and shout Shabbat for joy. O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the midst is the Holy One of Israel. Shabbat. I'm trying to hurry on. Number five, Barak. Not Obama, but Barak. (laughs) That's part of his name that they put in his name. His family did it. did it on purpose. It's actually a very religious name. But Barak means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration or to salute Him on bended knee. You cannot barach standing up. You can't function in that dimension of praise on your feet or even sitting down. You have to be on your knees for that. You got to get all the way down. You have to humble yourself to move into a place of Barak because it's a place of praise, of kneeling before the Holy One of Israel. It is a place of self-humility where you humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, in the presence of God, in the glory of God. There's a reason why sinners, when they come to an altar, they want to kneel. There's something in them. It's that Barak that gets a hold of them, that spirit of Barak that gets a hold of them, that drives them to their knees to humble themselves in a place of saluting the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you cannot do that standing. 
You cannot do that running the aisles. You cannot do that shouting up and down. And I'm not being ugly. I, I believe in all of it. That's why there's seven different ones. All of it is beautiful in the eyes of God. But Psalm 95 and 6. Oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel or barak before the Lord our Maker. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 20. Then David said to all. Everybody say all. The assembly, now bless or barak the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed or barak the Lord, the God of your fathers, and bowed down and did homage to the Lord and to the King. Psalm 34 and 1. I will bless or barak the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The only way for the praise of God to continually be in your mouth is if you barack first. Not that kind of praise. And God responds to all seven differently. That's why no service is ever the same. Depending on the cry of the people and the will of the Spirit in that particular service, it can be one of those old-fashioned Barack kind of services where people kneel and crawl to the altar in repentance. Or you can have a yada where it's more of just people reaching out. They're standing or laying on the over the side of the pew and that right hand is being outstretched and they're in adoration waiting for the promises of God. Or you can get into Hallel where there's shouting and running the aisles and they're rolling on the floors. You know, like old time Pentecost. Old time Pentecost was strong in Hallel. Strong in these dimensions of praise. And in any given service, all seven can function. Barak. It's important. It's important. Number six. Zamar. Z-A-M-A-R. Means to pluck the strings of an instrument. To sing. To praise. A musical word which is largely involved with joyful expressions of music with musical instruments. You cannot praise in Zamar without an instrument. I know there are certain areas of the country, certain people that believe that church should be quiet. There should be no music. There's an entire organization where they remove the music from their churches because it's too clamorous. It's, it's too halal. They don't know that word, but that's really what they're saying. It's too halal. But for Zamar, you cannot praise God in Zamar without the stringed instruments. Is it peculiar, Brother Bushnell, that Elisha the prophet, when the king of Israel and the king of Judah said, we need a word from the Lord. And Elisha said, if it were not for Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not even look your direction because obviously it's Ahab's situation. He said, but I would even look in your direction because of your father and mother Jezebel. But out of honor to Judah, which by the way, Judah means prophets love praise. Selah, that's another message. We'll come back on that one. But he said, for Judah's sake, for David's sake. And then Brother Bushnell, he said, Bring me a what? Bring me a minstrel. I need to zamar. 
I'm going to sit here on the edge of the platform. Let that little garland just play under the anointing of the Lord. And the Bible says, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. The Bible says in the Hebrew language that the hand of God came and quieted the spirit of Elisha. Samar quiets your spirit so that you can hear from God. But it requires the strings and the music. There's something beautiful. That's why Lucifer always goes after the music. If he can kill the music, he can kill an entire level of praise. And the church will be missing something. Samar, the quiet. And all of a sudden, Brother Bushnell, he said, Thus saith the Lord. Fill this valley with torches. How did he do that? He began to praise the Lord. But not in Hallel. Not in Tadah. Not Yada. Not Barach. No. He said, for this one, I'm going to have to move into Samar. Because you need a word from the Lord. Because you're about to face your enemy. Bring me a minstrel. Bring me a minstrel. There's a reason why when Brother Ewing used to just get up and, and sing, Oh, the rugged cross, I can't do it. I'm not crying anyway. And just the... Brother Kilgore used to do the same thing. And just... What was that? Some are. The minstrel's playing. And there's a hush that comes over the start going. Tears start streaming. Why? God's about to speak. God's about to speak. Samar has moved into the building. The instrument is playing. The strings are under God's anointing, God's power. Psalms 21 and 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise Samar, thy power. 1 Chronicles 16 and 9. Sing to him. Sing praises, Samar, to him. Speak of all his wonders. Psalms 57, 8 and 9. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises, Zamar, to thee among the nations. There's a national anointing on Zamar. Prophetic words go to nations under Zamar. I need to hurry. It's getting late on me. Number seven. It's T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H. It's Tehillah or Tehillah, if you want to put it in Hebrew. It is derived from the word halal. It takes on a little bit of halal. And it means the singing of halals or to sing aloud, perceived to involve music. And so Tehillah actually takes zamar and halal and combines them. And it's especially in singing. It's not just the instruments. It's in singing. So now the instrument is the vocal cords for Tehillah. 
the vocal cords are involved for that. And it is the spirit of praise. And it's Psalms 22 and 3. Yet thou art holy, O thou art enthroned upon the praises or tehillah of Israel. Isaiah 61 and 3. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle, the mantle of praise, tehillah, instead of the spirit of fainting, so they shall be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that He may be glorified. In other words, it combines two different levels of praise where the vocal cords get involved in an act of singing and it causes a mantle of praise, a physical garment. And it's that, that praise um, beauty for ashes. You get something beautiful in the destruction of your life. Tehillah comes in destruction when things have been burned down. And God says, that's okay. I got a mantle for you. But it only comes in Tehillah. It's the only one that there's a mantle involved. But it's in the middle of those ashes. There's beauty there. There's joy there. There's a different level of praise and you have to have music but you have to lift your voice in song. Whether you can sing in tune or not, it's a song between you and God. We need to stand. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to close right now. Eight nineteen. I'm trying to hurry. When he says... Psalms 1 and 2 Praise ye the Lord Praise ye the Lord from the heavens Praise Him in the heights Praise ye Him all His angels Praise ye Him all His host Do you know what that word host means? It's not just random That word host in the Hebrew means army campaign or an army, a huge army, a host of battle soldiers, they that go forth to war. It's an organized army. It's a host of angels, but it goes further than that. The Hebrew language doesn't just say that the host is referring to angelic beings. You know what else is a part of the angelic host or a part of the host of heaven? The sun, the moon, the stars, the whole of creation the mountains are the host the water brooks of the stream are the host the mighty ocean is the host the rocks are a host the rams are a host the camels the lions all the animals that God created are a part of the host it even goes down in the Hebrew language down to the atom that we are all made from to a single cell. Brother Haygood, why are you getting weird? Number one, I'm already weird. I'm not getting there. I've been there a while. Number two, when you move in all seven, when you get all seven, and when it says here praise, when it says praise ye all his host, that word praise is halal. It's the charging 
or the leader of the seven for this particular function or activity. And he says, when my people become mad with worship for me, when they lose their identity of being proper, and they begin to be foolish in my presence, they activate halal, which activates yada, which activates todah, which activates shabach, which activates zamar, which activates tehillah. It activates all seven dimensions when you start functioning in that as a body. And then angels Michael stops what he's doing. Hold on. Somebody is halaling the Lord. I hear Shabbat in there too. There's Samar somewhere in the corner. I hear Tadah. Gabriel, you hear that? Yeah, and I hear Yadah. And all of a sudden, I know this sounds crazy, but just hear me. I'm speaking the Hebrew language with it, but I'm just, stay with me. And they start showing up. Archangels start moving in this direction. And then the angel over the city is calling for them. Come here. Come here. They're halaling. The spirit of David is here. And whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. And angels from other regions start showing up. What's going on in Indian Village? They're halaling. There's Shabbat there. Samar has been going on. Tadah is happening. There's something moving now. And then the angel prince over Lake Charles leaves and says, Hold on. What's happening? I hear a familiar sound. Sulfur, what's going on? There's something happening in that little tiny town over there. They're moving. They're moving beyond normal praise. And they're activating this and they're activating that. And all of a sudden, angels show up. But that's not enough for God. No, sir. When you step into that dimension, the sun will fight for you. The moon will fight for you. The stars will fight for you. The rocks will fight for you. The water will fight for you. Brother Hagood, what are you saying? He said, the host is not just my angels. It's all of my creation. Let the government go down if they want to. But we can have halal here in Indian Village. Let the whole world lose its mind and everything go upside down. But there will be a place of praise. There will be a house of praise. Why? Because you don't have anything to fear. If God be for me, who can be against me? And it's not just him, even though he is all I need. But Michael's here and Gabriel's here. The host is here. Creates. Oh, Brother Haygood, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the creation. I'm glad you said that. Ask Joshua. Who fought for him that day? He said, son, not angel, son, fight for me. And the sun went. Now we understand the sun doesn't move around the earth. The earth moves around the sun. But God said, I got what you meant. I'll just fix it. You don't have to even get your prayer right. Just get in the right vicinity. And God will make up the difference. He prayed the wrong prayer, but God said, I knew what you were saying, and go back and listen to it. It said, and there was not another time that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob answered to the voice of a man. Why? Because he fought for Israel. 
It was Joshua that activated, hello, son, help me. Let the storms rage. Let the winds blow. I have a host with me. I have a God who created that host that with the mention of His voice can destroy every enemy, can remove every obstacle. Indian village, you are not alone. God has not forgotten you. Not, you're not on the backside of a country place somewhere. But this is a place where you can activate the entire host and move God to do things He's never done. I asked the Lord, why are you going to ask me to teach this on a Wednesday night without pastor there? It's hard to preach without pastor there because I never want to overstep my bounds. He said, I want to give that church a taste of their future. He said, Lord, what are you talking about? He said, you need to get them to exercise these seven dimensions. But pastor, no, Lord, he could have done that on Sunday night. No, I want to do it on Wednesday because Wednesday night is usually more calm. And God likes opposites. I could come on a Sunday morning and preach that and they'll be more open to it. But see, Wednesday night's more docile. That's around the the world. That's not just Indian Village. That's all over. Uh, There's a few places that are still crazy on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. But for the most part, it's more Bible teaching and it's it's part of our culture. But God sometimes likes to bust up the culture and say, I think I'll come on a Wednesday night. A week before Christmas. When everybody's already in the Christmas spirit. But since we actually know who is the real Christmas spirit, there may be some people out there in a big fat suit as Santa Claus, but that's not the Christmas spirit. The whole meaning of Christmas is Him. Hallel. And so I'm going to ask, I'm trying to close so that we have more time. I'm going to ask for about four or five people That'll come to the altar real quick and help Brother Haygood. We'll see if I, <laughs> I may be asking for a lot here. I need some crazy people. Some Hallel people. May have to use some youngsters. Don't just let it be my church. I need a few of y'all. Come on, I'm not going to call you out. I won't be that to the third time. Third time I come, I'll start calling you out by name. Just get a few. I need some with Hallel. That's going to be clamorous. That's going to be where you act foolish. Then I need some for Yada, which will extend that right hand, that hand of worship and that weeping spirit that comes on. Probably need a good prayer warrior for Yada. Somebody that will wring the hands and bemoan, that will come and help Brother Haygood set that atmosphere. Then I need somebody to do Toda which is similar to Yada, but it's going to be that right hand of faith that says, I haven't seen it yet, but my babies are coming home. I haven't seen it yet, but that blessing's on its way. I haven't seen it yet, but that healing, that miracle's on its way. I'm just going to keep extending that right hand. I'm going to keep on tada unto the Lord until I see a manifestation. I need somebody that'll come with Shabbat. 
which means to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph or command. So I need somebody with some good lungs. I need a few people that will come to the altar and begin to shabak unto the Lord. Where it says, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout or shabak unto the God of Israel with a voice of triumph. I need a few people that will help me out with Barak. I need three or four that will come to the altar and kneel at the altar in the presence of God. If somebody will come and I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. I need about two or three that will come kneel in the altar and show God Barak here right now in humility before the Lord God. Then if it's possible to have somebody playing on the instrument if we can for the musicians, some of the musicians to come and begin to play on the strings and play. You can feel it, can't you? You can feel the atmosphere beginning to shift. You can feel the atmosphere beginning to change. Why? Because you are now functioning. You're starting to function in all seven dimensions. And then I need a few people that will move into Tehillah that will come and sing on the platform and grab a microphone and sing praises unto God. Woo, come on, go ahead and do it right now. We're going to wait on them to keep singing, but go ahead and praise. It's here. Whatever you're doing, whichever version of it it is, you do it unto the fullness of your strength. The Holy Ghost is here. Somebody could get healed in this building right now. Somebody can be delivered in this building here right now. The host of heaven is starting to move. Come on, I need some shabak. I need somebody that will lift your voice here right now. There's a voice of triumph and command. I feel the authority of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. I feel the authority of the Holy Ghost in this room right now. There's an entire shift in the atmosphere. There's an entire shift in the atmosphere right now.
animating the sun and the moon and the stars. Mountains are moving for you. Rocks are moving for you. Even the animal kingdom, according to the scripture, is moving on behalf of this church right now. Because all seven levels, all seven levels, 